Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I will be your host. Today I sit down with Audra Gajunas from Brewed for Her Ledger. Audra and I are going to do a Craft Brewers Conference presentation in the fall on the subject of open book management. The seminar title is Transparency, Truth, and Trust Brewery Leadership via Open Book Management. So the podcast today is just a preview of the presentation we're going to give. We cover a number of topics such as what is open book management? Let's start with definitions. What are the major benefits and why would a brewery want to do this? Is open book management only good for certain size breweries, say a certain number of employees? What are mistakes to avoid? What are certain keys to success? What are those things you have to get right in order to have the best chance for success of open book management in your brewery? So we dig into these topics. We share some resources if you want to learn more. So for now, please enjoy my conversation with Audra Gajunas from Brewed for Her Ledger. Hey, Audra, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good to see you, Carrie. Welcome. Uh, I'm very happy to be back. (laughs) I'm very happy to have you back for our round two. So, hey, we're getting together here because we're presenting, you and I, on the topic of open book management at the next Craft Brewers Conference. So I thought this would be a fun way to start the conversation, get some information out there to Craft Brewers about this important topic. So I wanted to start with you and your background. So tell people about yourself and how you work with craft brewers. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, Goodness gracious. I'm a fractional CEO, CFO for breweries, and I have been pretty much since 2014 out on my own. I've been in the industry for a little bit over 12 years now. Started out as the controller at Dogfish Head, moved on to be the chief financial officer for Mother Earth Brewing for a few years. And then I went out on my own because I noticed that nobody was really fighting for the little guy. Um, You'd have breweries that have financial leadership in place of the size of Allagash or the size of New Holland, for example. But for those startups, for those breweries that were producing less than 5,000 barrels, typically they didn't have any financial leadership in place more than often than once a year when their tax return was being done. And even then, not on a consultative basis so much. So um, I've always grown up as fighting for the underdog. My uh, Both of my parents were independent business owners. My dad hung up his own shingle as a doctor. My mom was an independent opera singer. Wow. <laughs> so I like that whole juxtaposition between arts and sciences, but they did their own thing. And so um, that rubbed off on me and I decided that, you know, I I can have a greater impact, I feel, on this industry on which I'm very passionate about by going out on my own and helping the little guy. So I spend a little bit of time with multiple breweries from coast to coast. I focus primarily on startups and expansions, create pro formas for them, projections, look at growth plans, evaluate what those look like really structure cash flow statements. A lot of breweries 
may be ex excelling with their income statement, for example, but don't really understand how cash flow works. So um, I incorporate that within their plans, talk about capital budgeting, they really just serve as a financial guide for the industry as a whole with no ties to any one of them. I'm pretty much on a 1099 basis year round. Um, and then this last year, since COVID hit, uh, there's been a much bigger emphasis placed on education. So I've been teaching at a lot of different, through a lot of different brewers guilds, through state guilds. I've put on boot camps. I've put on financial workshops um, just to elevate the financial literacy of our community. And that's another huge passion of mine. Um, numbers always tell a story. I feel that finance and accounting are one of the weakest areas within our industry. And um, so any way that I can help alleviate that and help elevate our industry's financial literacy is, is a path that I'm running down towards. <laughs> well, I love that. I love fighting for the little guy and no doubt, you know, there's a need for it. And certainly that, you know, have you, you've defined the little guys under 5,000 barrels and mm -hmm. yeah, I would agree that financial literacy is super important, especially these days. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're so in this um, capital intensive and really inventory dependent. So really understanding how our inventory runs, um, efficiency ratios, running those numbers, liquidity, for example, you know, those are my two big categories that I really hone in on. Um, the better we are with our inventory and understanding how that cycles through and what kind of impact it has, the better for all of us. So, yeah. So one of the things that open book management can help with is, is really shining a light on those, on the financial literacy aspects, right? Yeah. So before we dig into the details, how do you define open book management? Like, what does it mean to you? Um, I find it to be a, a form of leadership. It's open book management to me is a way in which you can lead your company, lead your brewery. It is a philosophy. It is a mindset that goes way beyond just finance. But finance is a big aspect of it because uh, that they're telling, it's the background, um, the backbone, the background within a brewery um, story, the direction they need to take. And it's about information sharing, about openness. Um, it is a practice in humility, <laughs> for sure. But um, open book management to me is a, a philosophy in which you are running your business. That just overall overarching. Um, and it is full of different methodologies that we could incorporate, but um, it's a type of leadership in my mind. Nice. So when you dig into like the benefits of that, so we say, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a management system. It's a type of leadership. It's a way to kind of incorporate the financials into your decision-making. You know, why do you think a brewery would want to do this? Like what are the major benefits in your opinion? Um, it builds trust, which, um, a business can live or die with with the trust in place um, or lacking that. Um, the two the two biggest kind of brewery killers that I've seen so far are owners who are arrogant, who think they know what's best for whatever reason it may be, and owners who are ignorant. Um, those that don't know what they don't know. Um, are not really interested in pursuing that. Um, so it can be willful ignorance or it could just be, uh, it could be benevolent. They just don't know. 
So arrogance and ignorance are the two kind of categories that I've seen to be like major brewery killers. So um, helping by instilling open book management principles, um, you help avoid some of that. But it also lays the foundation for trust within the brewery itself. It like weaves it into the fabric of a brewery's culture and it helps people to look in the same direction. So um, you know what your goals are going to be from the sales perspective. You know what you want to produce. You know who you are as a company. And the more that can be shared in an, in a very um, open way, I feel that that lays much more, a, a much better basis of trust. And then when you have people, like when you're practicing the principles of open book management, people are signing off you know, on every sort of initiative, the direction that we're heading as a brewery, you know, over the next year, we're going to be doing X, Y, Z. When you have employees or your coworkers sign off on each one of these elements, it's harder to criticize something that you have been a part of, you know, that you are now being held accountable for. So it also instills some accountability in place as well. Mm. It gives meaning to where you're going. Right. And I love that. It's, you know, it's engagement too, right? We want to engage people, Huge. We want them to be engaged. Yeah. So a lot of that is including and sharing information. So who do you think, you know, in your opinion, is it best suited for a certain size brewery, a certain number of employees? Is there any parameters you would put on it? Um, I mean, larger breweries are harder to do now and still without having like a, an independent consultant in place because you already have certain types of mindsets that are there. Um, you have certain ways of doing things. So I think it's a lot harder for like a regional size brewery just to start it from scratch. Um, you may be by department, you could start that. But from my perspective, I'm working primarily with breweries that are producing less than 5,000 barrels. So those that are in the startup mode, even the nano side of things, um, all the way to having like the, at the point of where you do start to have departments, but I feel the smaller the brewery, the more you can share, the more nimbly you can make decisions. So if you can put that into the startup mode, or perhaps that's like your next growth phase that you're going to incorporate some of these principles, um, that you can bring about pretty much to any size. But for the most part, I work with the smaller breweries. And what I've seen happen at larger breweries but when you do type it, it's still sort of like balance management, scored card techniques. If you have any sort of turnover and that change agent leaves the brewery, all of that other stuff goes away and you just go back to like doing things the way they used to be. So you need to be able to weave that in to the entire like fabric um, and the foundation. So I would say smaller breweries are best suited for it now because our industry is evolving so quickly. So we need to be more nimble. We need to be able to turn on a dime. So when you get people to turn their heads in the same direction, the more quickly you can do that, I feel like you're going to have greater success within um, within how things are moving. So I'd say small breweries are the best suited. But if you can weave it into a startup's fabric, oh, the better. <laughs> like that would be best, in my opinion. Perfect. So what are some things to look out for. So if we've got people listening that are considering this open book management, what are, what are mistakes that you've seen made? Any, anything jump to mind? Well, I talked about like the, the, the philosophy and mindset of ownership, either being arrogant because they're in this position of power. So they like know what's best. I feel that's a big mistake. 
Um, ignorance is one. Um, assuming that there's a level of intelligence based on an employee's function. If you don't think wonderful ideas can come from somebody that is your first year seller person, um, your janitor, the ones that are doing like your servers, if you think that the lowest paid or that lowest rung of what you would view on the totem pole, it wouldn't be a great source of information. You are completely missing out. So I feel an area that is like the, from the employee perspective is missed is by not going to everyone, regardless of the function that they hold at the brewery. So don't assume a level of intelligence based on an employee's function. And I guess that ties into arrogance to a degree because you've already kind of categorize them in your mind. And some of the greatest ideas can come from these folks. They're your eyes and ears on the ground. They're there every single day. Um, and it also shows that you value their contributions that they bring to the brewery. That's really so that's well, well said. Yeah. I think there's a quote uh, that goes something to the effect of when you appeal to the highest level of thinking, you get the highest level of mm-hmm. results from your employees, right? So you're yeah. treating people like, you know, business partners and, Let's start with treating people like adults. It's pretty amazing what you'll hear, those different perspectives. Um, and yeah, I think making assumptions based on what role someone's filling uh, can be a very dangerous game because people, you know, they have a lot of experience maybe in other businesses that they can bring to bear. Right. You don't know that, you know, so assuming a certain level of intelligence, um, I think, is also very dangerous. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to make sure that I mentioned was um, it's not enough just to keep score, to to pull that data, to create that data. It's getting people involved. So just having those scorecards in place or trying to instill certain parameters um, is not enough. Having the data isn't enough. It's what you do with it, right? So it's not just enough to keep score like an open book management principles provide. Uh, it's getting people involved in that entire process. And that takes time and that takes effort. And you really should, you need to care, you know, to, to get that instilled. So um, I think that that's another one. Uh, people will collect data. They, they will start open book management principle installations within their respective companies, but they don't pull enough people or they don't get them involved and really learn what makes each one tick in order for them to feel involved. So it becomes more of an academic exercise. So that's what an example of where I've seen that fail. Like they've tried to implement it, but they didn't get people involved enough. They didn't care enough to really understand, hey, if you go beyond the day-to-day types of problems that we have and really learn what them, what your coworker truly cares about, um, it's hard to have that last over a longer period of time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so those are some mistakes. Maybe the other side of the coin, if you could pinpoint maybe one or two things that are keys to success. Like if you're, if you're, maybe you're working with a startup brewery mm-hmm. and you want to give them one or two things that you've seen. that's like, you know, you can mess up some other things, but these one or two things, you, you kind of got to get these right. What, what do you think those would be? Um, teaching financial literacy, I think is a big one. That's really important. Um, if you don't understand it yourself, finding someone within the industry or even outside of it that can teach you that those financial principles, uh, that's, a, I feel, a foundational aspect of OBM, of open book management. 
Um, bonus programs, so let's say from the startup perspective, creating bonus programs for all of your coworkers based on forecasting systems. So it's not enough to, to create bonus a bonus structure and variable compensation packages. Those have to come from forecasting systems. So um, having a strong process in place for forecasting on an annual basis from day one, you know, really figure out what, what are those components that are the most important? Is it just going to be the income statement balance sheet and cash flow from the brewery's perspective? No, you know, we're working with capital a lot as well, fixed assets. So pulling in a capital plan, pulling in a sales and marketing plan, and then putting those forecasting metrics in place, even from the startup perspective, and then basing those bonus programs off of that. So people try to develop variable compensation packages that reward their employees, you know, and they think that's open book management too. I can, but without having strong forecasting systems in place so that one can tie off the other, it's really hard to pull off. Um, and then having those stand-up meetings, I think in, um, in Jack Stack's book with in the great game of business, they call them huddles, but they're really like there's stand-up meetings and having regular huddles, just incorporating that, um, some breweries start that when they're a startup and then they things take off and they get super busy and those drop off. But that's a big key of open communication that comes from a system like this, from a leadership philosophy. So making that effort, even when things get tough, um, I think that's a key as well. So financial literacy, bonus programs, strong forecasting systems, those are things that you definitely need to get right. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, and I would underscore one thing you said, which is this, this takes time, you know, it takes right. time. It sounds yeah. really good, doesn't it? Let's do this. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> teaching financial literacy in and of itself, that takes some time, particularly if you're working with someone that has not worked with numbers before. So really have to come into this, I think, with your eyes open. Do you have a sense, this is, this is going to be probably a tough question, it might vary, but if mm-hmm. someone was ready to implement it, what what's the runtime you think from implementation to the point where people are really understanding and we're kind of clicking and and clicking along with open book? I'd say, um, but I also again work. I'm going to give you that disclaimer that I work with mostly smaller breweries. I'd say roughly 18 months. Yeah, it's you've got to have at least one entire annual budgeting process under your belt, but then the ongoing gates and parameters that you set. Uh, perhaps you have a quarterly RBM rolling business management um, meeting that you're updating your forecast for. Uh, that could be a quarterly basis. It could be a high level planning meeting or a retreat that could take the form of um, that would be every three to six months. But I'd say about 18 months because then you have enough time to see the results that come from it. Um, and you can correct your little errors that you make along the way. Um, and even if they're not errors, they're just like, well, that just doesn't work for us. It could work for one brewery. It could make, perhaps not work for another one. And that's okay. You know, that's a whole trial and error process. This is a live, again, philosophy that will be, tend to adjust a little bit over time because our industry is evolving. So what we place as important um, and what, how we communicate with each other is also going to evolve. Technology continues to evolve too. Our communication tools continue to evolve. So incorporating that um, into the fabric um, it will also change with time. How about you, Carrie? Like we, your one to two musts 
with OBM. I mean, you're co-teaching this with me. You probably didn't expect me to ask you a question, but... <laughs> She's turned the tables, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> here's, what, here's what I would say is, I'm actually thinking about this in sort of a four-stage process, right? This So stage mm-hmm. one is sort of this investigative stage. Like, do we really want to do this? What's involved? You know, let's kind of poll our people. So I, for me, I think the the starting point is to educate yourself. And when I say yourself, I mean, ownership team, maybe management team, the key players. So, you know, really what are, what are we, what are we getting into and what do we hope to get out of this? So I think it's very clear about expectations, doing your homework and your due diligence, talking maybe to other businesses that have done this and then understanding, Oh, okay. I've just said it's going to be 18 months. Didn't I was expecting we'd be, you know, rolling in 30 days. So I think setting expectations is is probably the first point. So I just want to also echo what you said, which is financial literacy training, taking the time to do it right. Bonus programs are huge because that's a question we got a lot is the WIFM, right? What's in it for me? And you really have to be clear about what is in it for them so that you can get that engagement. And I also totally agree with the forecasting systems because if you've got bad financial reporting, that's sort of underpinning your bonus program. And if people don't trust your financial reporting, they're going to be like, hey, how do I how do I know I'm going to get paid? How do I know these numbers are right? That's that can be a, a domino effect of bad things. So, yeah, that's that's how I would how I would approach those. OK, awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it, especially your first stage of thinking. You know, I think of it in terms of success metrics and you're having like, what are, is this going to be a right thing for us to do? Does it even fit with the goal that we want we want to take where we have? Um, but yeah, defining those success metrics, design, and then the designing around the systems. Can we do that? Is it feasible for us to do so before you just launch in and be like, all right, we're just going to do OBM. That's it. Um, I think it's it's great that you emphasize uh, having a certain level of planning in place quite a bit more than uh, I think a lot of people would expect. Yeah, so, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a process and um yeah, doing it kind of in that order. You know, it doesn't. It, anyone can just jump in, but I think it has a greater chance for success. Yeah, if you if you evaluate what you're doing, then then you follow the steps, so that you can kind of see what's what's coming. So I wanted to shift and ask you about. This is one of the objections uh, that I that I think certainly comes up a lot, and that has to do with fi- sharing financial information and the confidential nature of some of this. So. How do you think a brewery should approach this? What should they consider relative to the finances and the and potentially that confidential aspect of it? Uh, so confidential, what we're talking about payroll then, right? Uh, kind of to a well, degree. It could be anything, I mean, it could be anything from, hey, you know, I don't like crazy about sharing sales dollars. I don't really want people to know what our profit is or lack thereof or how much debt we have. You know, I suppose for a different business owner, it could be a different thing, but um, I think the nature of it is the, this is confidential information, right? We're not working with publicly traded small breweries, right? So this is, right. um, so how, how have you thought about that? Or has that, maybe I'll ask that, is, has that been an issue um, in your dealings relative to the confidential nature? It is a question that definitely comes up. And um, oftentimes we start by like different departments. Um, I'll start out with talking about certain things that perhaps we want to redact. So we want to eliminate uh, perhaps names on equity documents, um, any type of equity percentage, because that doesn't really pertain to us as 
um, the company, like the company owner and your, and your coworkers, they don't need to know who owns what and what percentage um, on the equity side of things, but teaching them about debt and how amortization schedules set up and how those flow into both the cash flow and the income statement, talking about debt service coverage ratio. Okay, that kind of stuff is important. So really weeding out what could be potentially confidential, but not impactful as well. So you can pull that out or you can redact that information because it's it, it doesn't affect them and how they're going to do their business. Margins are important, I feel, because you, you should know that. Um, there are benchmarks in place that the Brewers Association assigns. There's going to be, their new benchmarking surveys are going to be categorized by brewery size. So you have to be able to compare yourself against the benchmarks. You're not doing anyone any favors by hiding that kind of information. You know, oh, I don't want them to know how much money I'm making. Well, that's going back into the sales general and administrative side of the business. It's investing back in the brewery. And perhaps part of that investment is you as a coworker. So um, I think people have to get over the fact that certain things are more private than they need to be. Um, and that starts with hiring the right people to begin with. You know, you have to be able to trust the your coworkers. Um, if you don't, you have non-disclosures in place. But um, it's it's having it's hiring the people that have that mindset and the maturity and the emotional intelligence to help carry this philosophy forward. You're not just trying to hire anyone that you can to fill a seat, to fill a position. You're looking for someone that can be a problem solver, a collaborator, and someone that you can trust to entrust with your financial information. But at the same time, maybe they're going to be the one that is going to be your change agent. They're going to be the one that is going to help implement that um, the OBM throughout the entire brewery. And trust. so trust is a basis from the very beginning. So it should start from the hiring process. Um, but confidentiality, you can just have an open discussion with the owner as to um, what is relevant to disclose and what isn't. And if it is relevant and you feel, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be disclosing that quite yet, work with other departments. You don't have to like open up every single financial statement from day one. Perhaps you start with certain categories within the income statement or the income statement itself before you move on to the balance sheet. Or you talk about the balance sheet and talk about leverage and how this brewery has been leveraged. What does that mean? You know, let's talk about cash flow um, as it pertains to how highly leveraged a brewery is. There could be certain things that you may be more comfortable to start with, but once you have that trust and they understand that aspect of the business, then you can move on to the next one uh, because it can be overwhelming to go from zero of financial information being shared to like all of it. Um, Find out what's relevant and not confidential in nature. And I would include that. You know, you don't have to include every single little detail from the get-go. Pay is always a sensitive one. And that that response would be really, how I would respond to that would be dependent on wh at what phase the brewery is at. Are they at startup? Are they at nano? Um, have they been open for three years and already producing 5,000 barrels? The approach to that, I feel, could be should be different. and. You don't have to implement every single aspect of OBM. Um, it does. It's not all or nothing. You can certainly cherry pick what you decide to bring into the um, 
to the operation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to return to the financial training piece of open book management. So we've talked about, we both agree it's it's critical. How do you recommend that someone go about this? You know, and particularly if folks want to implement open book management, but maybe they don't have like an internal expert on it anyway. Do you, mm-hmm. have you seen that done? I've seen it done through outside consulting. Um, there, there are consultants that will, will work in that space and only work in that space. Perhaps you find somebody that is well-versed in finance and accounting within the industry. You know, I typically teach financial classes an hour in length, and I'll do it through the Brewers Guild. So attending financial talks, regardless of put, who's putting them on, I think will elevate your financial literacy as well. Um, but people that work in the industry that focus on finance and accounting. Attend those sessions. Most of them are free. Sometimes you have a local CDFI, uh, community funding development in- initiative or organization that is work, um, that provides free classes on financial literacy as well. Um, most of everything is funded through the SBA for these CDFIs. They uh, work with SBA programs and are provided grants to provide financial literacy classes to those within the community for small business. So look at, look beyond just breweries um, and brewery resources, look to small business resources within your respective communities as well. There are a lot of free resources that are out there, Um, but you can, from the consulting side to bringing someone in um, to knowing um, that there are resources out there, there's just, it just takes a little bit of time, I guess, to, to plan that all together. But it if you don't have possess it yourself, there's no shame in that. You know, you're probably an expert in brewing, you're an expert in marketing. All of us are stupid in something. <laughs> you know, like less like we're all like very intelligent in one area. And I can think of like we're all weak in other areas. That's okay. We don't have to be an expert in everything in order to be a leader within our respective breweries. It's okay to to, to see where we are weak and then uh, compensate for that by bringing someone else in. But uh, yeah, it also is a good humility exercise. If you're like, you know what, I'm in Ace and Brewing. Uh, now you got to teach financials to your team. Uh, okay. Maybe I should learn that myself before I, I, I bring that aboard. Yep. You go outside the comfort zone. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. But, uh, that's where the greatest uh, experiences usually are, right? It's hard to go there, but once you get there, you're like, yep, this is this yeah. is good for my business and good for my employees. Um, I wanted to shift and ask you about ratios, key metrics, mm-hmm. benchmarks, critical numbers, as they're often referred to as critical numbers in open book management. So these are like financial shorthand, right? Like ratios and so forth, a quick way to measure a certain component of financial results. In your opinion, how should a brewery go about identifying what their critical numbers might be? Like how would you, you can measure almost anything. So, but how do you identify right. what's crit, what's truly critical, meaningful uh, to measure? Is there a process or questions or any uh, thoughts you have on that? Uh, when I come in and I do an operational, conduct an operational audit and I look at their financials themselves, those usually kind of pop out to me. And they're, they're a little bit different from brewery to brewery, but um, the, 
the liquidity ratios, the efficiency ratios, and the leverage ratios are the ones that typically are the most important um, because we live and die by inventory and how well we utilize it, how efficiently we convert raw materials through work in process into finished goods, and how quickly we sell that. So anything to do with inventory turns, inventory efficiency, um, are we ordering too much of a particular raw type of raw material? Is our cash too much tied up in inventory when it could be utilized for something else? You know, for um, I think that those categories for us is just a beer industry are the most important. Um, and there's some aspect within every brewery of where that ratio comes into play, that set of ratios. So, uh, and liquidity is another one. And understanding what free cash flow and what burn rate is. So um, we pay so much attention to, the, to some balance sheet and income statement ratios, we forget about that, that good old cash flow. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we should be projecting based on cash flow more, more often than we do on profitability uh, because we need cash um, in every aspect of our business. So really understanding how well we're utilizing it and efficiency ratios for me are one way um, that indicate whether or not we're utilizing our cash as best as we can. Absolutely. So there's lots and lots more we could talk about, but we'll save that for our CBC. Oh, topic. yeah. But I do want to ask, this will be my second to last question, but for those who want to learn more, any books, resources, things that you can think of for open book management, anything you would, would recommend people check out? Um, I think this gets stated time and time again, but there is an updated version of, of the great game of business. So Jack Stack's great game of business. If you get um, there, the new version, there's like a kind of like a get in the game guide that's included. So there is one that there's a new updated model that I think is going to be very helpful. Um, so I think it's like the 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary edition then he's got a follow-up book as well. Um, so basically just Google Jack Stack and look up what he's written. And then another one that I've um, found to be very helpful, actually I'm just pulling out that book right now, um, is called Traction. Um, it's by Gino Wickman. And it is Traction, Getting a Grip on Your Business. So I think the, the newest one that's out right now is an expanded edition of it. But it's got a lot of different types of scorecards included within, um, and I think it's very helpful for the startup, but also for someone that is going through expansion and is complete is thinking through opening a second production facility, for example. It takes you through all these exercises of looking and revisiting your vision and whether you're moving in the right direction based on the company values. Um, there's there's just a lot of practical day-to-day -day exercises that you can work in there to, to build as part of your overall plan to make sure you're moving in the direction you're supposed to. So those are two, two big ones. Breaking a business, that's pretty much the standard, um, but there is an updated model out there. New, the new Jack, Jack Stack book and then Traction would be the ones that I would say are most practical right now. There's always new ones, but those are the ones that I rely on when I start to build frameworks for the breweries I work with. Perfect. Yeah, Jack Stack, he's the OG, right? Yes, he is. The OG yep. of OBM. Audrey, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. As always, it was wonderful chatting with you. So much great information. So if folks want to get 
in touch with you or learn more about you and what you do, what's the best way for them to connect? Sure. Um, uh, Facebook, uh, Brood for Her Ledger. My company is Brood for Her Ledger. You can also Google Audra and Beer, both those words. Um, I usually come up on the first page of Google search. That's easy, easy way to find me. I'm pretty active within the community. Um, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, but I travel from coast to coast. I have a Gmail address that's attached to my website, but broodforherledger.com, very easy way, um, or get in touch with me on Facebook. Um, if you don't find me on the brewery floor somewhere running around like a banshee, <laughs> um, I'm definitely online uh, 24-7. So. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah. Hey, I, look, I look forward to doing our presentation at CBC in September. And uh, until then, be well and thank you. Yeah, you bet. Have a great day. Thanks, Carrie. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.